Series 5, Episode 13, The Big Bang. My name's PG Bell. And I'm Sarah Burrow. And you join us for our final Series 5 commentary. Thank you downloading another impossible podcast welcome back um well here we are um, yes only a few years late but we're finally at the end of uh, of our series five run and it's the last part of moffat's very first season finale yeah uh we quite enjoyed the pandora opens the preceding episode yeah. didn't we there was an awful lot going on um and we ended on a very strong cliffhanger the destruction of the of whole the of the universe. universe yes yeah it's a very strong Cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, so, shall we see? Shall we dive straight in? Yeah, let's, we let's, can let's, do. Let's, let's not waste any more time. Let's well, get I think the copy we're working with starts with a previously. It does so, indeed. We've uh, got we've got that little recap, so we can discuss our thoughts in the run up to that. Um, if you're watching along at home, press play now. And yeah, here we go. It's it's a very succinct, but yeah. still quite a dramatic um, yeah. little potted version of last week's story. Like I said, it had everything. It had Stonehenge, it had Romans, it had Rory coming back. You had every Doctor Who monster you could possibly wish for. Yeah. With the possible exception of the Draconians, who were at least name-checked. Yeah. Uh, it had the TARDIS exploding... Had the Doctor locked in the Pandorica. It had Rory being Rory, lought on. Rory, sh- Rory shooting Rory Amy. Shooting Amy. <laughs> Amy remembering who Rory was just before he shot her. Yep. <laughs> Tardis blows up, and silence will fall. Yeah. And the destruction of the entire universe from start to finish. Yeah. So quite an act to follow. Yes. Well, we have to do something because we've currently ended with the entire universe being destroyed. Yeah. So, did you have any expectations for what followed when you were watching it? Uh, well, I figured that they had to do something, and obviously, you had to bring the Doctor back somehow. Yes, he had to return in some way. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't think I thought thought it through a great deal. Did mm. you? Um, I think I, I I tried to guess how they would manage it. Uh, I had no idea how they would and it's not many um, series that destroy the entire universe no. and then follow with the caption 1,894 years later yes so no it, it, it was the f- for the first time in a long time I had no idea how on earth they no. were going to there was no doubt they were going it. to but you didn't necessarily know how no and we jump right back to the opening scene of the 11th hour yes. yeah, yeah. right back at the very start of the series and replaying the introduction of Amelia, and it's always good to see Amelia. This isn't this isn't a replay, though, is it? Well, this, this, this is Easter. No, this is this is the same scene. Is it? Up, up until the next moment, oh, when, until when, the bit where he doesn't when, turn when up, the Doctor yeah. doesn't appear. 
So up and so that panning shot across the garden yeah. at night time is the same. And Except he's not there. Yeah. Yeah, it's this bit where she says, or a policeman, and then, of course, in the 11th hour, looks out of the window and there's the police box. Yeah. In the garden. With the doctor. Yeah. But now, nothing at all. No. The shed is intact. He has not landed in the shed. There's an awful lot of discussion at the time that, uh, of course, we know that she's living with her aunt, who we hadn't seen previously. No. Um, so this is, this is her first introduction. Um, and there's a lot of complaining about the gay agenda and, you know, the the, the uh, assumption that the aunt was a lesbian and that, that this was her sort of I just assumed she was some sort of child psychologist. <laughs> yeah, but see, I, I hadn't assumed that. I, I, I had assumed that this was... The, the aunt's girlfriend, which yeah, which which didn't bother me particularly. It, it didn't seem particularly necessary. I wasn't no. sure why. Uh, it's not made clear that she's a psychologist, no. especially. But they have been, and they do raise the point that there are no stars. There are no stars. There is only the Earth left, and the moon, and the moon. Of course, which yeah, the doctor predict as the doctor predicted when they were locking him away. Yeah. Uh, every star at every point would turn supernova. You would assume... Including the Earth's sun, which yeah, would have wiped yeah, out the Earth. Yeah, I was going to say, you no, would anyway. assume, yes, the sun. There's a man in a fez. A man in a fez. I did like that little joke that uh, she doesn't want Amelia joining one of these star cults because she doesn't trust this witch of Dawkins. Yep. Well, what on earth is um, doing leading a star cult? No, <laughs> no idea. It'll do something useful. So here she is, the little, uh, come along pond, hmm. with a rather familiar looking building. Well, familiar if you live in Cardiff, it's the... Well, familiar if you are yeah. watch Doctor Who, if really. You, absolutely, <laughs> it's, it's Cardiff National Museum. It is. Which has appeared in to every iteration of the new Who universe. Yeah, countless places it's, now. Uh, with, or let me think, within the main series, it's been... The Lazarus Labs in the Lazarus Experiment. It's been every 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 time you see a museum in Doctor a museum, Who, it's it's this. It's been a museum in the Sarah Jane Adventures a couple of mm-hmm. times. It's been it's been Cardiff National Museum in Torchwood. Of course, it was confusingly in, um, with Van Gogh. That's where the exhibition was. Absolutely, it's where the um, Mona Lisa was hanging in that terrible episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures that featured the Mona Lisa. Ah, uh, I didn't see it. It also, it was also, for some reason, Aberystwyth National Museum in Torchwood. Oh. So, yeah. A little odd. So here we are. Great security in this museum, though, because they don't worry about a child missing for hours on end. They just keep announcing, can she come to the reception desk? Yes. But the whole museum is now emptied, and they're not worried about the fact yeah. that they still haven't found... Clearly an entire afternoon has passed, and they're still just putting and out... And there is no policeman or, you know, no. mass search of the uh, museum. They've just let her hide with the penguins. 
and and with the monkey that appears to be yes. loose somewhere, mm. according to the sound effect. That polar bear is actually in Cardiff Museum, mm. as are some of these, the um, the Egyptian some of the dinosaurs, but not things. the Dalek. But not the Dalek. No, not the Dalek. It's it's it's. You were saying this before we started recording, but it's quite an eclectic yes. sort of. Uh, Yes, where exhibition. you have a polar bear next to a Dalek, yes. but also you have um, uh, an Egyptian tomb stood next to the Pandorica. Yeah, well, I, su- I suppose you could make the vague excuse that River was there pretending to be Cleopatra. That's a very, very, very vague. So excuse. maybe she brought some Egyptian things with her to try and. So the link between the polar bear and the Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. So we, it's a kind of jumbled up sort of... Uh, it's all spare parts. Yeah. But anyway, Amy has now touched the uh, Pandorica. Mm-hmm. And the light is falling on the Dalek, which will become significant later. Yeah. And of course, we're all expecting the Doctor mm-hmm. to be in there. And of course, it's... That's quite a resolution to a cliffhanger. Yeah. You resolve it. By ending with another cliffhanger. Yes. <laughs> so another quite a long title sequence. Yes. Leaving us with... Again, it's, it's practically a little potted short story yeah. in itself, isn't it? Because that could have been the end of last episode. When Well, not last episode necessarily, but end of an episode. Yeah. With not the Doctor in the Pandorica, but Amy faced with Amy. Uh, yeah, and of course we have the double surprise of... Amy's in the Pandorica and not the Doctor, which we weren't expecting. But you have young Amy faced with big Amy. And young Amy which being is a little open. So we are now 1,894 1, years previously. Previously. It does like it's jumping about, doesn't yeah. it? it? But it's, it's doing it with such ridiculously huge numbers and with such yeah. gay abandon that it's, it's almost frivolous, but fantastically fun. <laughs> yeah. And again, if if you're going to bring Arthur Darville back, give him something good to do, which they have yeah. in this case. Some wonderful scenes with Rory. With d- Amy's inanimate dead body. This is, yeah, he has better chemistry with a dead Amy than what I'm I'm not suggesting they take it any further. But. Uh, but it's it's the relationship seems to work better when, when Amy can't speak. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's the doctor in a face with a mop. Yeah, it's. Nope. Everything. It's it's just plunging headlong in, yeah. into lunacy. With, with with a sort of a level of mania that I don't think we see again until Let's Kill Hitler. Yeah. It's just playing so fast and loose yeah. with its characters and its settings. But it's great. I mean it's really, really Strong. It's, it's all strong for that. I've well, just it... realised how much like a toilet that looks. <laughs> it does a bit. I mean, it is. It's doing the typical 
what you'd love to do if you could time travel. Hmm. Yes. Is literally it, just it's, jump it's, around changing everything. It's the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure approach to yeah, time travel. Which in most TV series they say, oh, you can't. You, if you go back in history, you know, you're going to... You're going to change your own history, and you can't. You know. And that's that's what's... whereas Doctor Who just jumps around, and does it? Anyway. Well, Doctor Who up to this point has has done that to a certain yeah. extent. You had David Tennant saying, "Oh, these are fixed points in time," and yes, Moffat, um, Moffat does that with Matt Smith, yeah, to a certain extent as well. But um, it but was this always one. they were always very straight laced about there are rules. Mm. All right, we might they might not be very clearly defined, but when the plot calls for them, there are still there are rules that you must stick to. Mm. And here it's just completely all over the place. And he's popping, you know, you're popping backwards and forwards. And, In a fez, yeah. with a mop. In a fez, with a mop. Matt Smith, and I think this is one of the key aspects of any actor playing the Doctor, can be quite cold mm. and heartless and clinical with, yeah, at, at the drop of a hat. At the drop of a hat. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and then you have it. Lovely. Yeah. Things are always better when Rory hits them. Yep. So he's who has Rory punched so far? He's punched the Doctor and he's punched Hitler. Yeah. Um. Is that it? I think that's it. Olivia might be able to enlighten us further. He, she might be able to. Yeah. Well, in last week's commentary, we were saying who should Rory go out with. Ah, yes. Who should Rory punch next? <laughs> we could do a whole series about Rory. Good. You can always, you know, you can always have a look at, you know, him punching a Jadoon or a Salonian or something. I'm not so sure a Dalek or a Cyberman is a good idea. No, well, he's already run a Cyberman through with a sword. So that's, that's true, yeah, counts. that's true. Amy? Oh, there are times when I think he should punch oh, yeah. Amy. Uh, that probably wouldn't wash so well with the viewers. No, probably not. <laughs> Girl. Yeah, keep up, Amy. Now, now the, the the sonic screwdrivers sparked shorted they were, when yeah. they touched, and she just, which I do remember at the time, um, people complaining about the fact that uh, yes, cause back in series one, of course, um, Father's Day, Rose goes back in time yeah. to the day when her father died, and of course she was there as a baby, and we're told that it's terribly, terribly important that she doesn't interact with herself and she can't touch yeah. herself because it will create this short circuit in time yeah. that will create this paradox and this enormous schism and these great flying carnivorous things called reapers will infest the wound and start eradicating everybody. That, that seems yeah. to be forgotten. Seems. 
Which is a shame because they didn't need Amy to touch Amy then, did they? Well, no. Um, you could have got away with her not doing it. I'm keeping a vague count. We've still only seen two sides of the Pandora at once, haven't we? Because I raised, yeah. I raised the question in the last, in last week's uh, commentary whether or not the props department built the whole thing or whether they or just whether built they just, two sides. Yeah. Of it. I'm glad they are addressing the point that the Pandora is easy to open from the outside. Mm. Why do you have to be so... Human? Uh, that's a good comeback. So we're always choosing to stand guard over. Mm. More than she deserves, I think. Yeah. But... You're an anti Amy agenda in these no, two episodes. No, no, it's. it's hmm. She seems to get more out of Rory than he gets out of Amy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> One piece of advice no matter what, however bored you get, stay out of. That's all you get. That's all they said. Stay out of musical theatre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> musical theatre, Rory the Centurion. There are some lovely posters that I think they did for the BBC website. Uh, the propaganda posters before World War Two that said, "Don't listen to Hitler; he's rubbish." And it had a little picture of the, the last centurion on it. Um, um, the idea is that they're sort of pro- propaganda flyers that Rory was distributing through Germany in the 1930s. Look! Oh dear. Now we're in trouble. Mm. Come along, puns. <laughs> Great fun. No. <laughs> we are running, I love that. We are running into a dead end where I will have a great plan of not running into one. <laughs> Yeah. I like that idea. Rory's adapted. He's no longer a centurion. He's a museum guard. Right. Now, I mentioned again in last week's commentary that yeah. I suspect the production team and the director in particular were by now fully aware of the fact that yeah. the New Look Daleks were rubbish. Uh, which is, and again, I think you only see them head on. Yeah. Or from a slight angle from the front, you never see the side on the view. Side you never profile. see the profile because you've got that horrible, distended hunchback. 
<laughs> and of course, all the Daleks in this episode have that stone effect to them, so you don't get the plasticky rubbish look. Yeah. So it's interesting that very quickly <laughs> after establishing the new look Daleks, they changed them again. Yeah. Uh, you did see them in the last episode, but only for a moment, and again, only from the front. Now, this is an interesting little visual reference to an earlier Doctor Who episode, a classic series episode, in fact, Silver Nemesis, which was the 25th anniversary special. So, in fact, almost 25 years old. Ah. Uh, the TARDIS materialises in the cellars of Windsor Castle, uh, which is packed full of all of the gifts that various visiting dignitaries have given the Queen. Yeah. And as the Doctor and Ace are wandering through, the Doctor picks up a fez and, at one point, a mop. So, yeah, why on earth? It might be fully unintentional and just a really bizarre coincidence. But, uh, yeah, in the 25th anniversary episode, Sylvester McCoy is seen brandishing a mop and wearing a fez. Why on earth they chose to reference that in this? I don't know. Why not? So that people like us can do this and say, (laughs) there's the Doctor in a fez with a mop. The Silver Nemesis was an absolutely dreadful story. I I think everyone, (laughs) even the people involved in it, agree that it was an atrocious, atrocious (laughs) story. (laughs) Ah. We are getting very timey-wimey, aren't we? Yeah. I, I but up until this point, it, it's quite nice because it's all very timey-wimey and the Doctor is very much in control. And it's all, yes, and it's all being used to surprise us, the viewer. Yeah, but it's, it's all working out yeah. sim- you know, perfectly, whereas this is where it's all gone wrong. Mm. Having established that we can use it yeah. to change things in our favour. In our own timeline. Yeah, the, the characters are suddenly faced with the fact that things are going to go horribly yeah. wrong. It's, yeah, it's a nice twist. It's nicely constructed. Although, I was watching this with, with, with Anna, my wife, when it was on catch a few weeks ago. And she got very tired of it very quickly. Mm. Uh, and as she put it to me, it's talk, 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 run, 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 talk, 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 run, 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 run. Yeah. Um, and I said that it was perhaps a little unfair. <laughs> but she said, no, it's a case of well, the universe is wiped out of time. Oh, but it comes back. Oh, the Daleks are wiped out of time. Oh, but they come back. Oh, the Doctor's dead. Oh, but oh, no, he comes not. back. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. Oh, Rory is wiped out of time. Oh, but he comes back. Oh, the TARDIS is destroyed. Oh, no, wait. Oh, but it comes back. Oh, River's dead. Oh, but she's brought back. Oh, yeah, they could have left Rory over when she was And it's true that there is an awful lot of that. But... When you end the previous episode having wiped everything out of yes. time, you've got no choice but to bring him back, to be honest. But it's true that you know, the Dalek, even in this episode, gets shot a couple of times and, mm. and basically dies and comes back. And then young Amelia is there and then gets a raise. 
Now, I'm not sure if that's the roof of the National Museum or the roof of the Glamorgan building. No, I think it's the roof of the Glamorgan building, this one, isn't it? That, in which case... Because it's, it's the same one used in... Victory of the Victory Daleks. Of the Daleks. Yeah. In which case, that's the building where I used to work. So I used to, part, yeah. of, part of my job used to be to go out and check the, the, the doors on that particular rooftop. Which is how I came to be up there uh, watching them film Victory of the Daleks when when they were doing it. Ah, so is it the idea that the sun has gone? The sun has gone, and yes. that the world is being is con- well, is being Earth is being continued due to. Well, oh, it's, that's what's keeping it's, it. It's what's keeping the earth warm, and that's why there's light. Uh, so presumably, the earth is now orbiting the exploding target. Yeah. Uh, but even so, when when the when the sun went supernova, it should still have wiped out the earth. She is. Yeah. Of course, this is man, This is the footage from the previous episode. Hmm. Yes. Because she opens the door to a, to her. And we're never quite told where she's landed. No. Because there's yeah clearly a rock wall there. And the time loop is just the last few seconds of her life, isn't it? Yeah. Unless something can jump in. <laughs> this is where they've uh... <laughs> probably the plastic centurion I think it would have been funnier, funny if she hadn't shot the fez and the Dalek had risen up from behind the building wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have ruined the uh, the effect of the uh, the Dalek returning to attack them if the Dalek was wearing oh, a fez. I know, but the Daleks <laughs> returned to attack them twice already. That's as... true, we've had enough now, they might as well come back wearing a fez. It does... I mean, that scene where the Doctor jumped into the TARDIS mm. control room in the time loop and rescued the river yeah. does, again, raise the continuing question of how exactly powerful are the Vortex manipulators? Mm. Now, somebody walked past the end of that corridor there. Did they? Yeah. Whether that's deliberate or not, I'm not sure, but I'm sure. Mm. Absolutely certain, because I, I spotted it when I was watching it on TV the other week. Yeah. Somebody walks past it. Mm. No then. The Vortex Manipulator. Yeah. The one that uh, River bought in the bar, off, fresh off the wrist of a handsome time agent. The yep. Doctors used it to jump forward from Stonehenge, yeah, from the 2nd century AD. And he's used it to jump into the heart of an exploding TARDIS and rescue River from yep. a secure time loop. Mm-hmm. And back again. 
And he's hopped backwards and forwards. Yep. That's fine. The Doctor used uh, Captain Jacks back in Series 3. Yep. To travel from the end of the universe. Yeah, the last habitable planet. Yeah, in Utopia. Several hundred billion years back to present-day Earth. In... In... Was it... Um, Last of the Time Lords? Last of the Time Lords, yeah. And the Sound of Drums. Uh, yeah, that series finale two-parter. Captain Jack, when he used it in the following series finale, was it Journey's End, could use it to travel a short distance from one side of the planet to yeah. the other, and he could only transport himself and nobody else. Yes. So the uses of the Vortex Manipulator, like the Sonic Screwdriver, very wildly depending on the necessities of the plot. Which is... Yeah, at least I think it's used fairly consistently here. Yeah. But over the course of the series as a whole, it tends to change. Don't go and get on with his bad side, otherwise yeah. uh... But see, that's very much a case of what I was complaining about in last week's commentary. The whole, don't you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. But at least here she we knew she was going to kill the Dalek anyway. Mm. She wasn't trying to convince him to stop or go away. But I think, it, I think it's more... Part of it, I think, is a setting up of... Um, of River saying she's actually not she's not as good as the Doctor she's not necessarily a good person yeah. which I think harks back to what you know the themes we get in in series 6 about her having killed the Doctor hmm. that's true obviously and the reason she's in prison at the beginning of uh, Pandora Opens yes you don't, we don't know the reasons for that yet do we no not by this point If all of these things have been erased, if, if if the Egyptians and the polar bears have been erased from history, why did they build the exhibit spaces to house them? <laughs> why, is there, why is there a museum at all? If, well, there's no yeah. hist- if there's no history to exhibit. But as a visual but shorthand... it's history of Earth, isn't it? Yes. Earth didn't end. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I, yeah. My brain hurts when I try it's, and think as, about as, it. Yeah, as, as a quick visual cue to show that Things yeah. are going bad, then yes, it, it, it works perfectly well. I'm being pedantic. I'm sorry. That's all right. A I... Doctor Who fan, pedantic. Um, yes, Who never heard of. No, my brain hurts when I begin to think of all the timey wimey wibbly wobbly stuff. Why the Vortex Manipulator 
We are left with the idea that the Doctor's going to... Um, well, we were left the impression that the Doctor's dead, dying, more or less, then, anyway. And now dying, and now saving himself. Um, saving the world by flying Pandora into the heart of the explosion. Mm. Uh, I can see Anna's point. It is an awful lot of exposition, yeah. exposition, exposition. Action scene, running. action scene, action scene. Exposition, exposition, exposition. Yeah. But only for this sort of middle act. So I think it's all yeah. been judged fairly well so far. Also interesting to note that it's, as a series finale, it's keeping the stakes and the scale fairly epic in terms of the destruction of the entire universe and all of reality being erased. But the focus of the story is still quite small. It's just on this little bunch of characters. In you know this this one particular setting, whereas Russell T Davis would have had, you know, armies of twenty five thousand CGI Daleks swarming around the place and big swirly vortexes and lots and lots of running around and explosions and people here there and everywhere and yeah, this is exploring an idea to a far greater extent mm. than I think the more action based Russell T Davis finales yeah. did. We think we've stopped talking all of a sudden. We have. We're yes. actually listening to the important bit as opposed um, to speaking got, over it. We've got drawn in. It's, we're failing to fulfil our remit. We are. Mm. Of talking over the important bits. Mm. But this this is where they address the questions that have been set up practically from the yeah, from mm. the opening moments of the series. Yeah. And yet the truth of Amy's life and the, the, those bits that are missing, the things yeah. that I've seen wrong. And it's nice to have, after all of this, and yeah, amidst all of the tiny whiminess and the action mm. and the exposition, to actually have take it back to that early focus and have yeah. a moment between Amy and the Doctor. And this is sort mm. of the resolution of their journey together, even though there is still more to come. More to come, yeah. But at this point, you don't. The setting is yeah. that the Doctor's going to die. Mm. The explanation that this is why they've been travelling together all this time. Mm. 
So this is the Doctor giving Rory back, uh, giving Amy Rory back, but also her life, her parents, yes. and, and the, the life she should have had if the crack in the world hadn't been there. And of course, ultimately, obviously, we know how this episode ends, and we know that it also gives her him back, but yes. she doesn't think that at this time, does she? I like the fact that it's self-sacrificial, and you know, the Doctor's yeah preparing to to basically sacrifice his own life mm. to bring back to save Amy primarily. Yeah. But through Amy, restore the entire universe. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, we know Rivy. don't need to tell us. <laughs> well, she's going to be calling. <laughs> we can also read, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that just annoyed me at the time. Yeah, well, no, I mean, who else is going to be uh, yeah, absolutely, texting yeah. from the uh, from the Pandorica? Yeah, the viewers aren't quite as dumb as yeah. you seem to think. Yeah. Um... Also, it's an interesting idea that somebody can actually fly the Pandorica. Yeah. But then, you know, get away with all sorts of things in Doctor Who, don't they? So. Yeah, absolutely. It all works. Um, but I like the idea, yeah, that the Doctor sacrificed himself to save his friends. But whereas, I think, again, under the old regime and with David Tennant, there'd been lots of long, lingering mm. shots of... David Tennant looking soulful and sad and And it would be raining. And it would be raining. It would be <laughs> it's soaking always wet. Raining. It's like seriously doctors bring an umbrella. Yeah. Um and it'd be it'd all be about the doctor and the focus would yeah. be on him and how important and noble he was. Here it's he's quite humble. Yeah. And it's talking about how important Amy is. Mm. And it's put it's putting the focus on her. <laughs> I want to go to Space Florida. Yes. Space Florida would be brilliant. And I saw one of these scenes being filmed. One of the <laughs> you that's coming I up. saw Space Florida. No, <laughs> I, have been, I have been to the Space Coast in Florida. In Florida, but not Space Florida. No. Sorry, you saw one of the scenes. Yeah, one of the, one of the scenes that's coming up now, the Doctor hopping back through his own timeline. Um, I saw being filmed. Because it happened just when, literally within within sight of the flat where we used to live. Ah, uh, yes. This thing, here. Ah, uh, this is the lodger. Yeah, the end of the street was where I used to live. Um, you know, you're oh, yes! Very nice street uh, down behind. Uh, the, the amount of trouble they had getting that cat to stay put was phenomenal. Um, you also can't see... The crowd of 60 or so people standing just out of yeah. shot watching them film it. Um, but yeah, no, they they made, they had uh, at least three or four takes. Oh. And, and they had a cat wrangler okay. on on yeah, on yeah hand and they had to put feed down to keep it there and they had to yeah. keep the cat stroke. You know, they had to stroke the cat and keep it calm and this and that. And they had this big... Blazing light with a sheet of paper that they had to put over it. Because in this one there are two doctors in this scene, which yes, which people did pick up. On. We did, yeah, did we? Uh, I can't well, remember. Fandom in general, I can't remember if we did because, but uh, of course, in the as the doctor leaves the shot mm. originally, he hasn't got his jacket on. Yeah, but when he reaches into shot, he does. In this shot, he has. Thank you. 
and the scene seems a little bit incongruous by itself. He did come back for her. She was just asleep. Hmm. And he would have had some explaining to do had she woken up. Yes. <laughs> Where's her aunt in all of this? Well, yes, that's true. So here's the reveal that he. He is trusting in Amy to bring him back, but he thinks at this point it, it, even that might have failed. Yeah. This is this is a f- effectively the Doctor by himself, isn't mm. Moffat started this series uh, by quite openly proclaiming that he he was approaching it as a fairy tale, Mm. as a dark fairy tale. So this that line that we're all stories in the end, and the Doctor is is an imaginary friend that Amy's going to grow out of having is and making and you know boiling the Doctor down just to a really good story. Which, of course, if you travel it, in reality he is. He is, yes, absolutely. In but, actual, but, our reality. He but is. that he should be that within his own story as well, yeah. within his own reality, is uh, it's, it's, it's quite nice. And it, yeah. I think it's something that... I, I think Moffat's moved away from subsequently. And, yeah, and I think, go back to what you said about Tennant, this is a lot more of a humble storyline. This isn't him and the universe. This is this the Doctor ceasing saying, to yeah. exist. He's not obsessing about himself. He's not talking about you know. how much he's lost. And how no. important he is. And... It's... I mean, actually, in a very depressing way, it, it's a very humble look at, at someone dying. Mm. At, the, at the, them wanting, as they're on their way out, them wanting to leave something behind that is that is good. So leaving you know a good story behind... Um, in the minds of those he's he's touched, even if those actually can't directly remember him. Yes, yes. You know, because this is what the Doctor believes to be his death. That's true. I mean, and that I I think that's far more poignant than because if you remember, of course, uh, when Catherine Tate left as Donna Noble yeah. at the end, she had her memories of her time mm-hmm. with the Doctor erased. Um, and everyone said that that was terribly sad and quite poignant, and yes, it was. But again, the focus wasn't on her in that. The focus was on mm. David Tennant again standing in the bloody rain. Yeah, and what's the thing? Just standing look, in the rain, looking all, all mournful and being, and how sad yeah. it made the Doctor, not yeah. how sad it was for Donna necessarily. Mm. And it was completely undermined when they brought her back in the specials, and she remembered it all when she was five. Yeah. Um, even though she, she forgot it again at the end. 
But if you go way back to the 1960s, Patrick Troughton's era, his very last episode, the first episode that brings back Time Lords, the Time Lords save the Doctor. Stars have returned. Sorry. But, no, that's fine. The Time Lords save the Doctor, but on the condition that yeah, he be exiled to Earth, mm. uh, which he would be for the next several series, uh, but his companions can no longer travel with him. The, his yeah. compa- they will put his companions back where they came from in time and space and will erase their memories of their travels mm. with the Doctor. Uh, and in Jamie's case, Jamie was the longest, he's still the longest serving Doctor Who companion. He was, he was with Patrick Troughton yeah, for the whole, practically, the second Doctor's tenure. Mm. Uh, so absolutely everything that the second one went through with, with Jamie, Jamie's forgotten. Yeah. And will go back to their old lives. And the Doctor will remember them. Mm. But Jamie won't. Here we are, uh, his mum. <laughs> we see the pond women don't hold their men in particularly high no. regard breakfast appears to be a bowl of cereal and a glass of juice you yeah. can't go too far wrong with that also not a very elaborate breakfast on a wedding day it's Danny DeVito <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're my tiny little lad and Make the most of them because you'll never see them again. Yeah, you'll never see. I do. I do kind of wish Rory would remember. I know it's supposed to be because Amy's special and Amy's the only one that can. Mm. But you think all of that Rory went I, through? I, I trust Rory more to remember it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Let me, just, let's look at the two and decide which is the most capable <laughs> companion. But just just in all of that Rory went through as, you know, the centurion and and he gets to remember none of it and she's the one that gets all the glory for remembering. Yeah, Rory sort of becomes the patsy again, doesn't he? Yeah. He becomes the hanger-on. Which is I mean, but he does immediately remember as soon as he sees the Doctor, doesn't he? Which... Yes, yeah, that's true. And it's a very nice setup that Moffat has sort of mm. woven into the story with the Doctor there you know just dropping in those little clues yeah <laughs> oh mysterious lady at the window yes mm. Any particular so, reason why you're standing so, up? So she's obviously not been erased from reality. Mm. No. So it's, this is a few times we've had Amy crying for no apparent reason. Oh, you know, girls. Oi! All emotional. Shut up, you. It's a wedding day. She's allowed to cry. Yeah, but she's not crying because it's a wedding day. She doesn't know why she's crying. Oh, I know. Poor Rory. I know. Also, I'm, I was just filling in for Swilling with that little. Nobody needs to swill in, fill in, <laughs> swill in for filling. <laughs> fill in for Swilling. This is a nice moment. Yeah. That little revelation, the realization, even. 
Is that not? Oh. Bow ties. Bow yes. ties are cool. They are cool. So I recognise that kid from something. I don't know what from. Oh, he may have been an extra in other things. Yeah. Doctor in the house, yeah. No, not this. The raggedy doctor. My raggedy doctor. He was a imaginary. No, he was real. Those are aren't though. No, yeah, aren't still there. That's good. They didn't erase uh, they, her. They, they didn't invite the child psychologist. No, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. She could, she could have sort of tasered her before she got any further. Yeah, I don't think child psychologists <laughs> carry tasers. <laughs> You have a strange opinion of child oh, psychologists. Well, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, at the more extreme end of the child <laughs> psychology spectrum. Parking the TARDIS with the parking brake on, though. Yeah, there's no fun in this. See, I do like Rory is the next one to remember, isn't mm, he? He immediately yeah. does remember. <laughs> Didn't plan this at all. <laughs> now, see that? Uh, oh, why is that in there? I don't know. We've been through this. Is that just. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> But yeah, still, it, <laughs> it completely undermines everything that they've been through. It completely undermines the whole of Amy's choice. I know. But On they... their own wedding. That's where I think Rory should have hit it. <laughs> or not hit it, just... Yeah. Plus also... <laughs> I do love Matt Smith dancing. <laughs> Matt Smith dancing with the kids as well. I know. But he's doing a whole... Uh... Um, little dad's lesson for the children it's yeah. cool she is of course has red shoes there's a very theme of red with uh, with Amy's life isn't there oh right I, I thought you meant there's a sort of traditional um, symbolism of red shoes no no ah did, well, you, did you know what that meant in Victorian times no no underwear oh <laughs> <laughs> no I'm yeah, far no, too innocent Pete evidently red, red shoes meant no knickers oh okay um, well I don't know I can't I can't speculate apparently ladies of the night uh, ladies of negotiable affection, as, as Terry Pratchett calls them, yes. uh, wore, wore red shoes quite habitually. Oh, okay. it was, uh, yes, if, if, if you were of a certain standing, you would never be seen wearing red oh, shoes. Oh, okay. I have no red shoes. 
Um, but I, Amy I, I does. I don't think it still holds <laughs> true, you're quite safe. Well, no, because I don't think they would have put Amy in red shoes otherwise. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> but Amy obviously is in red shoes because the theme of Amelia and Amy have got a red. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yes. So here we have the Doctor and the song, of course. <laughs> Here's the start of the whole riddle surrounding well not start of but a continuation of the riddle surrounding River Song. Yeah. Doesn't change that much though, no. does it? Really... Still takes a whole series to change, doesn't it? Yeah. The whole of series six for it to change. Now, last week, we set you faithful listeners the challenge of we did come, come, come up with with a a better girlfriend for Rory <laughs> than Amy, despite yeah. the fact Amy is now just married. And... Yes, but, so, in the interests of of equality, if if you could pair Amy off with any historical figure. Who would you choose? I mean, who would be a good match? Do you think? I'm, I don't. I don't... She loves a good Roman. She's told mm. us that. Oh, and not the Doctor. Not Just, the Doctor. Let's no, not. No. Yeah, let's. An, that an actual way. historical figure. If the Doctor could take her to any point in time, who would and uh, pair her off with anyone? Who do you think would be a good match? <laughs> I can't think of Genghis Khan for some <laughs> bizarre reason. I like this bit. Yeah. We're on our way. I like the fact that they could, and they could have chosen to go with the idea of the Doctor and companions being the people you call. Yeah. yeah who you're going to call? <laughs> the Doctor. The Doctor and Amy and Rory. Yeah. <laughs> um... Almost like a kind of Scooby Doo type bizarre investigation service. So there we are. Yeah, that's uh, that's our series five. Commentary's over and done with. Yes. We got there in the end. We did. Thank you for your patience, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with us. There we go. So it returned then with a Christmas special, didn't it? Yeah, which is... We, we still have to do a commentary for A Christmas Carol, but that's our only outstanding... Was that the one? Was that commentary, the commentary? Yeah. Christmas Carol, is it? Which uh, I suspect we, we will probably squeeze in before this Christmas. I, I hope so. Hmm. It's only July. I know it doesn't feel like it when you go outside, but it is only July. Yes, yeah, no, the weather is more October than July. It is, moment, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, so there you go. Thank I, you. I forgot oh. how much I actually liked that. It's 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 their best series finale for a long time, I think. Yeah, I did. I did forget how I how much I liked that. Mm. Mainly because there's lots of Rory, and I like Rory. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone gets their moment to shine. Yeah. And it's surprising, and it's fun, and it all ties up neatly at the end. Yeah. And with like the said, slight hang, uh, you know cliffhanger of 
River Song. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because they have to give some hint of the next series. We're left with more to discover. And like I said, the stakes are high. It feels epic, but it's a personal, uh, quite focused story that just follows our characters. Mm. And the, the stakes are high, but they are they relate directly to the characters that we've been following all mm, series. Particularly Amy, so, obviously. Yeah, so no, uh, Stephen Moffat, I, I salute you. Mm. I think you've done a very good job there. Yep. That, which means that Series 7 is almost upon us. It um, is. And as well as that, the relaunch of the Impossible Podcast website Woo-hoo! with lots of fantastic new content and uh, some some quite exclusive content. Yes. Some some exciting stuff which coming up. Which we are going to leave you on tender hooks about until... Absolutely. Uh, We'll probably reveal it in, in one of our Points of Who. Uh, points of Who, I think, is going to be the big reveal, yes. Um, so but keep do, an do, eye on do the, come uh, back for that. Yes, keep an eye on the website and Facebook and Twitter. Um, and let us know what you thought on on this episode um, yeah. and on the previous, the Pandora Opens. Indeed. And, um, and what you're looking forward to in Series 7. Yes. And our matchmaking for Rory and Amy. Yes, yeah. We, Not the, with each other. The, the, no, no. There's, there have got to be better matches out there somewhere. Uh, we need you to help us one. Yes. So get in touch. Cool. Well, until next time, do take care and thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.com, or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening!